Welcome to Strength for Today's Pastor, conversations with current senior pastors and leaders which will strengthen and help you in your pastoral ministry. And now, here's your host, Bill Holdridge of Poyman Ministries. Welcome to podcast number 80. Today we're going to be talking with Ron Arbaugh of Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, Texas, on the venture of faith that he's been on for the last 25 plus years of ministry here in the Lone Star State. Pastor Ron is the founding pastor of Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, which is the second largest city in Texas. And the Lord has used Ron and his fellowship in many, many marvelous ways. And we're going to hear about some of those And so we've entitled this a 25-year venture of faith in San Antonio, Texas. Lots of lessons to be learned. So, Ron, we had a, we had a great initial FaceTime call the other day, a couple weeks ago. It was really wonderful. And I went away from our conversation really blessed. And I think more so than anything, just blessed by the grace of God and the measure of the grace of God that has been on you and working through you and through your fellowship in the ways that we're going to be talking about. And it made me think of of Barnabas when he went to Antioch and he heard about what had been going on there in, uh, in the north of uh, Israel, but he'd never, he'd never been there before. So he went and saw this new thing that was going on among the Gentiles to check it out for himself at the request of the apostles. And when he got there, he says he came, and when he had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And that was my response upon our conversation. I just, I heard and saw the grace of God, and I was glad, and it was a blessing. So I think that pretty much sums it up. So yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us in this conversation. My pleasure, Bill. That was very nice of you. Thank you. You're very kind. Well, you have a very dramatic testimony, Ron, and... uh you know, your conversion story, which I read about on the church website, was dramatic. The Lord pulled you out of a life of being dead in trespasses and sins <laughs> like he did with all of us, right? And I wish we had time to tell the whole story, but it is on the church website at calvaryessay.com slash pastor, so people can read about it. That's great. But, you know, just a short version of that, and how did you end up in San Antonio? Well, you know, Bill, I found dramatic testimonies just happen when people mess up a lot. And I messed up a lot. I messed up a lot of really good things. I was a successful businessman. I messed that up. I, I've been married to a great woman. We've been together for 50 years. I, I, I did my best to mess that up. And um, uh, Jesus literally had to, to apprehend me running away from home. Uh, that's how I got saved. Uh, after I got saved, um, I, I knew within six months I was called to be a pastor. wasn't even sure what a pastor did because I had never been, uh, I wasn't raised in church. I'd never even opened a Bible before I got saved. And yet I knew I was called to be a pastor. Uh, I ended up at uh, uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College at Twin Peaks. And I remember a day, uh, in fact, I know the day I wrote it in my Bible. It was so profound. It was March 4th, 1994. Um, I was just out walking on the mountain with the Lord, and he spoke to my heart. He said, begin praying for the people in San Antonio, Texas. Now, Paul and I, we'd never been to Texas. We never wanted to come to Texas, and we didn't know anybody in Texas. But it was it was very, very clear. Uh, a couple weeks go by. I'm praying 
um, um, about the people and for the people in San Antonio. And the Lord put on my heart to, to ask why. And, and I said, so Lord, why am I praying for the people in San Antonio, Texas? And his answer was, again, nothing weird, no voices or anything, but he spoke clearly to my heart. And he said, well, that's where I'll be waiting for you. And we knew, Paul and I knew immediately that as soon as I finished Bible college, and that's where we were going to go. Uh, he didn't make any promises. He didn't say you're going to have a church. You're going to be a big pastor. He didn't in anything. He just said that's where I'd be waiting for you. And it's like he took all of the options away from us. And so uh, it actually was on Easter Sunday um, of that year when Paula and I, of 1995 actually, when Paula and I uh, left for San Antonio, a place we'd never been. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't hear that very much, you know, <laughs> that a man is called to a place before he's even graduated from Bible college. You know, Bill, I can now look back on 25 years and see that God has been preparing me for sort of a unique ministry. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit about that today. But it's just um, he was teaching me to hear his voice. He was teaching me to follow his lead. It was teaching me to trust him when there was no reason, outward reason to trust him at all. And that was the first step. And Paul and I, we had to be in perfect agreement with that. So what I did with her, I told her, I said, look, uh, um, and, and Paul had prayed for me for 13 years. She got saved before I did. And I said, I think the Lord wants us to go to San Antonio, Texas. And she was not on board at all. And I just said, I said, well, Paula, you pray about this. We're not going anywhere until we're in perfect agreement. So you pray. And I didn't bug her about it. A couple of weeks went by. She'd been wrestling with the Lord. And the Lord made it really, really clear. And from that point forward, it was, um, that was the plan. There was no plan B. That was the plan. Had we not been in perfect agreement, had I tried to force her hand, you know, the woman submit to me card, uh, we wouldn't have lasted here six months. Uh, that's how hard things were, and and yet uh, when we when we left, we knew we were in the will of God. We've we've known every day since we've been in the will of God. Two are better than one, and a threefold <laughs> cord is not quickly broken. That's particularly true in my case, and everybody who yeah. knows Paula understands that. <laughs> yeah, and how important it is, you know, that uh, that our wives are all in like we are, because they're they are in the ministry. They are the ministry with us. Whether they're functionally doing a lot or not, they're, they're so much a part of it. I appreciate that a lot. That's great. So you're, you're in San Antonio. You're starting. You, you began your venture of faith before you even moved here, coming to a place you'd never been. You didn't know anyone here. And your purpose was to plant a church. And so, uh, the ministry began. But you know, a little side note. It wasn't until I spoke with you a couple of weeks ago, Ron, that I realized that or that learned you, you had to have a disability, but it hasn't slowed you down during those years. Maybe you could mention that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure it hasn't slowed me down. Um, I'm visually impaired. Um, uh, I haven't driven a car in over 23 years. Um, um, I have no depth perception. I can see I, I'm not like dark blind, but uh, I, I just have no depth perception, which means I fall, I run into things. Uh, I can't see stairs and, and curbs and things like that. And reading, which I used to love doing, um, um, is, is laborious for me now. So um, I, I, everything is much slower. Uh, I do three separate Bible studies a week. So I've got 
computer guys here at the church. They've got my stuff set up with really big letters and, and that kind of thing. Um, but it's just one of the things. God, God called me to do this. He's given me the energy to do it. Praise God. He's given me a pretty good memory because I can't see my notes when I'm actually preaching. So far, nobody's complained. So I guess I'm still going to be doing it for a while. So you're teaching three Bible studies. Does that mean that you're doing three separate preps for three different places in the Bible? Yeah, we do an Old Testament study on Wednesday nights, and then I have a separate New Testament study on Friday night, and then we have a different New Testament study on Sunday mornings. Okay. And you have, I know, multiple services, and we, when we talked, you were talking about the facility limitations that you have in terms of just size of the facility itself. Yeah, one, one of the things, Bill, that God spoke to my heart from the very beginning here is that his money, and now, now this isn't for any other pastor, this is just for me, but he said, his money is for ministry, not for mortgage. Uh, we rented a place in a strip center. Now, we've expanded in that strip center, um, but but we're very, very limited on space. We have four weekend services, uh, including the Friday service. Uh, we have a lot of people, but we don't have space. We use every inch of space in this place every single day. Um, in addition, we have a free school, which which meets here in the in the church. So we're we're always converting it from school to church and back to back to school. But we we just really don't have room for anybody else to come, uh, and that's just one of the things that we've learned to live with. It took me a lot of years to learn to be content. You know, Paul said he learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. And like every other pastor, I thought, no, I have to have a building. We got to do something. And, and, and I wrestled with the Lord for probably 10, 12 years over that very issue. You know, other pastors will come, they'll look at the building and it looks like, oh yeah, you're just a, a little podunk church. A lot of stuff happens here, but, but I, I've really learned the wisdom of God. You know, we, we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we, we've been through highs and lows in economies. And now, of course, with the pandemic and, uh, you know, we've never, slowed down or stopped doing anything or cut back on anything uh, for the entire time we've been here. That's part of the venture of faith, isn't it? It's uh, trusting the Lord, even though it's hard to sometimes reach the the pinnacle of contentment, but it's it's uh, that's trusting the Lord. That's that's a venture of faith issue right there. Yep. We, we've, we've planned it. We've had to plan a whole bunch of churches uh, because uh, one, one of the things that God was doing, especially at the beginning, uh, was sending men with a call to be a pastor uh, to us, and we would keep them for a few years and prepare them to go out. And we've planted churches um, um, all over the United States and in Mexico, and and uh, our church has grown that way. But uh, we can't fit anybody else in here on on Sundays for sure. Well, I don't know if this is widely known, but you know, in uh, Costa Mesa with Pastor Chuck. There were opportunities for them to expand their facilities to two, three, four times the size that they were in the, in the years of their, their stronger growth. And they just refused to do it. They kept their sanctuary the same size. They added, you know, other buildings, of course, but they kept the sanctuary the same size because I think that was Pastor Chuck's mentality is the same mentality you have is let's just grow out. Let's just do what Acts 1 8 says that we should be doing, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. 
I, I think, Bill, I need it more humbling than most people. So <laughs> it, it, it's hard to be proud when you're in a strip mall church. And, and again, while we use every inch of space um, and there's been wonderful fruit over the years, uh, I just learned that, that it's God's money. My responsibility is to do with it what he wants. And we're going to be in this place unless somebody drops a boatload of money on us because he's made it really clear no mortgages for us. What a freedom there is in that. Well, it's time to take a quick 20-second break. You're listening to a conversation with Pastor Ron Arbaugh of Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, Texas, just talking about the ventures of faith he's been on with the Lord. So please hang in there. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Strength for Today's Pastor. Poyman Ministries appreciates your participation in prayers. If you'd like to help financially support this podcast, you can go to our website at poymanministries.com forward slash donate. Thank you. Well, we were talking, Ron, about the uh, church plants that have gone out from San Antonio and and all over the United States and in Mexico and, you know, growing the church outward rather than just from within your own facility, being mortgage-free and those kinds of things. But you've been preparing men for the ministry, as you mentioned, for a long time, and you told me about that a little bit. Uh, talk to me about what led you to do that. You know, Bill, with the church plants, you, every pastor wants good people, and, and we want to keep them, you know, we want to protect them and use them. And yet God made it really clear from the beginning that uh, that that we were going to be planting some churches. And one of the things that I did, in fact, it's the single most productive ministry we've ever had. It, I, we call it a pastor's discipleship class. So for about the last 23 and a half years, every other Saturday from 1030 to 1230, uh, we have uh, men and now their wives in here. Um, and, um, and and we've prepared them for ministry. Now, over the years, that class has evolved into, into more of a leadership ministry. It's like I've got a whole room full of deacons. There's probably 70 people or so that are in the class uh, every other Saturday. Every one of my pastors, every one of my elders, um, those that we've sent out and those that have stayed here have come from that class. So uh, they know me. They know what to expect. I get a chance to know them and watch their walk. And uh, we've been doing that for a very, very long time. And it's been super, super fruitful. Wow. So a couple of things strike me from what you just said, Ron. One is that you use the title Pastor's Discipleship Class, and I understand it's extended to deacons and other leaders over the years, but that tells me that you were intentional in what you what you were aiming to do. I think some guys are a little hesitant to, to name it like that because they're not sure that that's what's going to be the outcome. But if we aim at nothing, we hit nothing, right? That's exactly right. And for me, Bill, personally, um, to know every every time the doors are open here, on a Sunday, I've got 70 people who are looking for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. Uh, I've got them talking to people, ministering to people, and, and I know they're rightly representing my heart and certainly representing the Lord's heart. And it is, as I said, the, not only the most fruitful ministry, uh, but it continues day in and day out to be a blessing. And it has provided unbelievable unity in the church all these years. Wow, oh, that's great. And so now you have the women 
that are attending class two? Do they come every session or? Yeah, uh, uh, before it was just the men meeting, and then some of the some of the, the wives of those people would go to Paula and say, "Can we have a, a class like that?" And and my, uh, I, I never thought about it, and, and it just said, well, well, sure. Well, one day because of something that happened, we had a meeting together. We we had a tragedy in the church; somebody was lost, so we had everybody together, and and it just made so much sense. Just have everybody together, and and that's the way we've been doing it probably for the last fifteen years. Wow, that's so great! So now they're those couples are really on the same page with each other yes. as w- they are with you and Paula. Yeah, you know, da- David Rosales gave me some great counsel. He said, "Never lay hands on somebody until you've watched how they relate with their wives and see their wives grow uh, for at least six months." Ron, he said, and and I, I remember that thinking. Uh, well, that's odd, but but it's been some really, really great advice. Hmm. Do you have any curriculum that you've put together that is in written form, Ron, or, or how are you doing it? No, I've intentionally not done that. I just, I'm waiting for God to deal with things here in the church or he'll put something on my heart. Um, it doesn't require a bunch of preparation for me. And, and, and so we talk about the things that are important to the people here and the circumstances here. Okay. All right. So it's a real organic kind of a curriculum organic in that sense. Organic Bible studies application. Uh, we, we don't study books. We, we've got our Bibles open. That's what we're doing. Well, I know that there are a, a number of amazing ministries in the fellowship. You mentioned the, the free Christian school, but I want to talk about Malta Medical. What is Malta Medical and how did that happen? <laughs> um, the way the Lord works with me, Bill, is, is maybe a little bit different. It'll just sort of put burdens on my heart. And in, in this particular case with Malta Medical, um, uh, I, I was at the doctor and trying to navigate through my health insurance and that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, I'm a reasonably smart guy and, and I can't figure out how to go to a doctor. You know, you go to a doctor, they send you to another doctor, and it just was so cumbersome. And, and I remember thinking, Lord, there's a better way to take care of your people than this. And and he put this on my heart. It was 12 years, Bill, from the day that that he started speaking to my heart about it until we broke, until we opened the door. 12 years of praying for it. 12 years of him bringing people. And Malta Medical is a fully functional family practice doctor's office. We have a husband and wife doctor. Uh, we've got a whole staff of nurses and physician's assistants and now a pediatrician, all of them from our church, nobody from the outside at all. And uh, we, we, we opened this eight years ago. And when we opened, um, we just thought, well, you know, it'll be probably 90% of the people from the church who are coming. And it's absolutely free. We don't take insurance cards. Uh, we never let anybody offer some money. Um, the, the doctors are free to spend time, you know, with their backgrounds. They had to go through people like a cattle call. And so if they need to spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes with somebody, that's what they do. And we determined from the very beginning that everybody was going to get prayed for and everybody was going to, going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the way it's turned out is that 90% of the people who come are from outside the church. And virtually every day somebody gets saved at Malta Medical. It's an amazing connection when they're, they're touching them physically and they're addressing their physical needs. God is preparing their hearts to hear. And, and we get, we have a whole bunch of gay people that come, uh, people who are transitioning to a different gender. Uh, and, and you know, they're forced to listen to, to, to 
us tell them about Jesus. And the doctors, the nurses, everybody there. We've got people from the church who work the, the waiting room as greeters and, and just, just sharing with people, making them comfortable. Uh, we, we've got a nutritionist. We've got other things. And it's just been a, a wonderful ministry. I don't know a single pastor who wouldn't want a ministry where somebody gets saved almost every day. <laughs> and that's what's happened to us. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting to just come there every day, I imagine, just oh. to anticipate what God's going to do. It's amazing. The stories the doctors have, and I have Peter, I've got a live radio show, I have Dr. Peter on the show from time to time, and he shares some of those stories, and it's just an unbelievable blessing. Lives have been saved physically, but more importantly, many, many, many lives have been saved spiritually and, uh, um, you know, multi-medical, we, we, we got that from Acts 28, of course. And Paul was greeted with kindness. And, and it says he healed the, the chief official's relative. And then the other people came. Now, remember, Dr. Luke was with him. And so the other people came. It's a different uh, Greek word. It's the word we get our, our English word therapy from. And they got healed and cared for in the normal way. Well, multi-medical is healing for people the normal way and adding a little bit of supernatural power of God. Uh-huh. So you're, the intentionality in all of this was that you saw something that was a need and you and your wife began to pray for that. And then 12 years later, the Lord brought it into fruition. I know that, you know, as, as a Calvary Chapel guy, you know, I'm thinking, how are we going to pay for this? You know, that's almost <laughs> like my first thing that I think about on things. But, uh, you didn't make that your primary focus. You, you made the vision the primary focus. And, and you talked earlier about being prepared by the Lord. You know, when, when we, um, we're in our 21st year of our freak school. And, um, and that was, a, a something people said, oh, you could never do. Um, and we didn't have any money. We've never had any money. Um, but, but God has provided every step of the way. And, and I can just take three ministries here, Bill. Um, um, we got a, a house called Manor House. Somebody gave us a house. So it's a house for women who are in trouble or women who are running from abuse or women who've had problems with the law or maybe they have babies. And, and, and we, we put them up for free. We've got Malta Medical, of course, and the free school. And just those three ministries alone, just those three, forgetting the other stuff we do, cost about $100,000 a month. And God wow. provides. Wow. And we've never asked for money. We've never let our needs be known. And uh, and God has been faithful. And here we are, 21 years in school, eight years at Malta Medical. And Manor House has been going on probably for five or six years. Uh, uh, that's great. That's tremendous. Step of faith, venture of faith, all of this is. So you're also on the radio. And you have a daily radio program from 4 to 5 p.m. Central Time. And I listened to it the other day. It was really good. Fun to listen to those questions and the way you're responding to it. Thanks. But how did that happen? How did those, uh, how did the radio program take shape? We've had radio shows, uh, you know, our teaching programs, like a lot of Calvary guys do. And we've been on the air. Uh, we have two Christian stations here in San Antonio, a Salem station and another one. And our teaching programs have been on for a long time. Uh, it never occurred to me to do a live program. And nine years ago, I was on vacation. Paul and I were in Oceanside, California. We always go vacation in Oceanside of the Beach. And I got a phone call, and it was from the general manager of the station, uh, the Salem station, uh, who has become a really, really good friend of mine. And he said, you know, I, I've got a thought. I know you're on vacation. When you come back, would you consider doing a half-hour 
live call-in program just as a summer fill-in. And I said, well, I guess I would. Let me pray about it. And I talked with Paula. And, and so we decided to so we went back and it was a six-week summer block. At the end of the six weeks, he asked if we'd extend it another four weeks. And we did that. And then we went off and we just figured it was done. Uh, it was probably a month later when he called again and said, we'd like that program back on the air. And I told him, I said, the only problem I have with it, half hour is not enough time. If you want me to do it, I'll do it for an hour and we'll take calls. That way it'll be more than one or two questions for the, for the program. And he said, well, let me see if I can schedule a block for you. And he called me back with four o'clock to five o'clock and we took it and we've been doing that hour long program now for eight years. And we just take calls, people send in questions, you know, with the cell phone restrictions and driving. Um, it changes talk radio. Uh, so we get a lot of questions that have been sent in to us uh, via email or through our church app. Uh, and we've been answering questions for, I don't know, eight years. And people seem to like it. we got a big audience. The Salem station has a signal that's so powerful, I can be heard you know, four hours away in Corpus Christi or four hours away in Houston if the, if the weather's good. And so all over South Texas, uh, we, we get a really, really good listening audience. What's the toughest question you've ever been asked if you, if you have one? I don't know if there's a tough one that I've been asked. There's two questions that I get a lot that I hate. Uh, the first question is when the, the eight-year-old calls and says, will my dog be in heaven with me? Uh-huh. I hate that question because <laughs> I, I, I keep telling them, I'm going to tell you the truth. You won't need your dog in heaven. Jesus gave you your dog as a gift, that kind of thing. I just hate bursting that, that bubble. Uh, yeah. The other question, and, and I'm surprised that I get this question a lot, but people ask me personally, so after 20 years or 25 years, what's the one thing you'd change? If you could change one thing, and I'm really not good with retrospective like that, and and I just think you know everything I've done, God has the 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 good things, the bad things, the the wrong things, God has sort of covered me and protected me, and so you know just follow the Lord, He's in charge, do what He tells you to do, and and uh, He'll make sure your steps are are, are secure. Uh huh. Good answer. I like it. Not lingering the past, but, you know, the one thing that you learned was just follow the Lord and do what he says to do. That's a good lesson right there. You pastored for a very, very long time. You know, we make a lot of mistakes and we say things that we regret having said. Yep. And I always tell my church, you know, if you if you do the wrong thing, but your heart is right, God's got you covered. Amen. And so Amen I just want to that. make sure my heart's right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So you told me as we talked earlier that... Uh, you're getting a lot of interest. Of course, people are hearing about Calvary Chapel San Antonio through the radio program and through Malta Medical and the free school and all these things. But people then want to start coming to the church. But you have something that you have to tell them now. What, <laughs> what do you tell them? This is amazing. Well, on the radio, you know, I, I, it's never been our goal to take people from other churches. And so when they call and say, well, where's your church? When are your services? And, and you know, you get regular callers and then you get new callers and, and you just, well, you, you've already got a church, so stay where you are. And I tell people, we have no room for new people. So, so be a blessing where you are. And, um, you know, if you want to come visit, give me a hug one day. That's great. But, uh, for the most part, uh, stay where you are. That's where God sent you and keep listening to the radio program. 
That is, that's a refreshing thing to hear all by itself, I think. Yeah. So the radio program is actually another tool that the Lord is using in that part of Texas and beyond yeah. to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And then they continue to do that ministry within their church and within their context. That's wonderful. Yeah, we hope so. Now, obviously, Bill, we get people who come. I tell them, don't come, stay where you are. But we get people who come and that's okay. I, I just figure that's the Lord leading and and that's fine. Uh, yeah. But but the exposure um, and and I hope that the sensical, practical approach to to, to living out the word uh, is is a breath of fresh air to people. We, we don't have a lot of Bible teaching churches here. Now, I've planted four or five of them in, in the San Antonio area, but um, um, it, it's, it, we, we've got some faith teachers, church light teachers, that kind of thing. Uh, and so people get hungry. So if they're hungry and they're hungry enough to come, then we, we welcome them in the fellowship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great way to handle it. I love it. Well, you know, you've outgrown the facilities. We've talked about that and what you tell them and you want them to be strong in their own fellowships and, but they're welcome if they absolutely insist that they need to come to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. And some do. <laughs> yeah. So I know that there are many other ministries that flow out of the ministries and leaders that God has established in the last 25 plus years. What's the biggest venture of faith lesson that you have learned, Ron, in your 25 years of ministry in San Antonio? Uh, I, I guess, Bill, uh, that I have no right to say no to what God is asking me to do. Um, he's in charge. It's his church. Um, if, if he wants us in a strip mall center, um, that's his call, not mine. And uh, I've never waited for money. Um, before stepping out in faith, if God says to do it, uh, I make sure Paul is on board with me. She's always sort of my board of directors. If, if she's not with me, then we're not going to step out in faith. Um, but um, we don't try to rush the Lord, and we, we just sort of let him take care of it. When we opened our school 21 years ago, uh, we had 31 students. Now we have 135, and that's the most we can fit. It's not that we we got a five-year waiting list. Um, and, and it costs a lot of money, but, but we never dreamed that the kind of money that would flow through this place would flow through. And we have no surplus. We never have, but God has kept us really, really trusting him. And, uh, unless uh, I realize he's in charge, I'm like everybody else. I'll take over and I'll mess up what he's, what he's tried to do. Yeah. I had a guy tell me one time we were jogging after a men's breakfast and he said, you know, the Lord's doing a good thing here if you don't screw it up. <laughs> well, you know, we, 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 we sometimes forget that it's not our church. We pastors have egos and, 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 and we typically do what we see other pastors do. Uh, we've sent uh-huh. out a bunch of churches and, and they model their ministry after the ministry here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. At the same time, I want to encourage them to, to, to seek the Lord's vision for your church. We all right. have a hole to fill. And so you can take what you learned here, but do what God is telling you to do. And I've found for some reason that pastors are, have a hard time sometimes taking that step of faith. They're waiting for the resources. They're willing. But instead of saying, okay, Lord, you told me to take that step. I'm going to take that step and trust in you. It's a scary thing to do. And, and the honest truth, Bill, for 25 years, I've been scared every day, every uh-huh. single day. And yet God has shown up so many times now 
that I don't dare tell him no. I love that statement, Ron. I I have no right to say no to something that God asked me to do. And it doesn't have to make sense, and it almost never does for me. We, we've got a ministry now that the Lord has put on my heart that's just getting sort of uh, started. God's bringing people. And when he brings people, that's always sort of my green light. And so we've got people to do it, and we're getting ready to open a restaurant that's absolutely free. Wow. Everything we do here is free, and we're getting ready to open a restaurant. It'll be a good one uh, that's absolutely free, and I've got the people in place. Now it's just a matter of God saying go, and when he does, we're going to go. We're going to call that, by the way, unusual kindness, which is which is also out of Acts 28. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the reference. That's great. Yeah. So that's just wonderful, Ron. I'm thinking of the hymn. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And that's been the story of the venture of faith that the Lord has led you and Paula on for a lot of years now. And it's a greatly encouraging venture in faith indeed. Thank you, Bill. So now as the wrap-up to this discussion, Ron, you now have a couple minutes to speak directly to today's senior pastors. You've already spoken in a lot of ways to all of our hearts And as you know, pastors need encouragement. So here's an opportunity to share whatever the Spirit has placed on your heart. Thank you, Bill. I will. You know, what I would say, and and, and I'm no one to give advice to other pastors, but we've got to be risk takers. We've got to say, okay, Lord, what about me and what about today? And whatever he tells us to do, we've got to recognize that it's our responsibility to do it. And when we do that, then God will show off for us and we get to see the hand of God move. That's one of the best things about 25 years here at Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. We've seen God's hand move miraculously so many times. And I've told pastors over and over that I'm sure not every pastor is called to do stuff for free like we are, but some are. And as a pastor in charge of Jesus' people, in charge of the church that he's given a stewardship over, it's our responsibility to find out what his vision for the church that he's entrusted to us is going to be. Not to come up with our own, not to do what we've always done or what everybody else does, but instead say, Jesus, what hole am I going to fill in the work that you've chosen for me to do? And then do it, and you'll see the the Lord's hand move over and over and over again. It doesn't make sense. I told you earlier, I'm terrified every day. And yet, being afraid with Jesus is a pretty good place to be because it makes you stand pretty close. Amen. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for I am with you, the Lord told Joshua. So there you go. And the Lord's told me many times, I know you're afraid, but do it anyway. Yeah. So that's what we've done. (laughs) That's what courage is. It's going right into the battle in spite of the fear. It's just saying, yes, I'm trusting the Lord. Yeah, I tell people that faith is the antidote to fear. And um, we found that to be true here. Yeah, that's great. Well, Pastor Ron Arbaugh's Bible studies can be found at calvarysa.com. All you have to do is navigate on the media tab at the top of the page, and there are tons of resources, including graciously Ron's Bible study notes. So thanks again, Ron. This has been great for joining us on Strength for Today's Pastor. God bless you. Hopefully we can talk again soon. Thank you, Bill. God bless you and God bless the pastors who are going to be listening to this. Amen to that. Well, before we go, I'd like to encourage you to visit our website at poimanministries.com. 
forward slash podcast. We're now cataloging these podcast episodes for easy reference. Also, as you visit our website, you'll discover other ways our team can help encourage and strengthen you in your ministry. We'd love to hear your feedback or follow up with any questions you may have. Even for Pastor Ron, just send us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. And if there is a question for Pastor Ron, I'll go ahead and forward that directly to him. So from the staff, pastors, and board of directors here at Poyman Ministries, we wish God's very best upon you and your ministry. So long until next week. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poyman Ministries. You can find us at poinmanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or comment, or if you have a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. May the Lord bless you as you serve Him, His pastors, and His church.